0: Welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today is Wednesday, June, June the 8th. Well, I almost said July. It's not quite July yet. I'm rushing things. We're not quite that far of the year yet. But the year is flying by super, super quickly. Unbelievable. Can't believe we're halfway through June already. Wow. Anyway. This is episode number 91 of the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Thank you so much for giving me this time of your day. I don't want to waste it. I want to give you 100% value for the time that you spend with me. Let's jump right into the quote of the day. Today's quote comes from Patrick Rothfuss. No idea who that is, but he wrote a book called The Name of the Wind. And this quote says, It's like everyone tells a story about themselves inside their own head, always, all the time. That story makes you what you are. We build ourselves out of that story. And what made me look for a quote like this? This quote is about self-image, how we view ourselves. What made me find a quote like this is a book I'm reading. And that book is Psycho-Cybernetics. And the main topic of the show, I'm going to share with you some of the things that I'm learning in the book, and also some of the things I'm learning about myself. I've only, I'm only one chapter in, and I've taken a lot more notes than almost any other book that I've ever read. So super good stuff. We'll get into that. Before we go there, though, I want to share with you my answer to last week's question of the week. And that question was, if you had to teach something, if you had to teach something, you didn't have a choice. What would you teach? Now, I know most of you probably said, well, I would not choose to teach anything, but you were, say you were the smartest person on earth and you had to teach the others one thing. What would you teach them? And some insight into that is what problem do you want to solve? For myself, the thing that I want to teach is that it is possible to create life and work you love, no matter where you're at in life, whether you're 15, whether you're 35 or whether you're 75. You can make the change. You can transition from, boy, I hate what I'm doing, or I have no idea what I want to do, to creating a life and work you love. And the life you love comes through the work that you love. And the way I would teach this is through entrepreneurship. Now, I know a lot of people out there are going to say that, well, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but I call BS on that. I believe that every single person, I don't care who you are, unless you're completely mentally incapacitated, but I believe that every single person out there who has their faculties about them has what it takes to create a business or side hustle of their own. You know, a lot of people aren't going to do a full-fledged business because they don't want to have all that responsibilities, but you can at least start a side hustle. That's That's a mini business or a micro business, if you will. Doing this puts so many things into perspective. It opens doors for you that otherwise you never even see. You never have that opportunity. It opens up your mind to so many possibilities. When you begin to see the world through the lens of entrepreneurship, or as I like to call it, solopreneurship, because often an entrepreneur is viewed as someone who has lots of employees. I'm not somebody who wants to have a lot of employees. I'm a solopreneur type of person, someone who creates value for others without a guarantee of return on it. So create my own business, create my own side hustle, those things. Do it solo, not relying on everybody else as employees, but rather if I need some help with something, hire them as subcontractors. So I believe that every single person has what it takes to create a version of that for themselves. And that's the goal that I have through my coaching business, Empowering for Momentum, is to help other people, especially young adults, to start at minimum a side hustle and get it profitable and hopefully grow that into a full-fledged business, whether that's starting cutting grass on the weekends and grow that out to a whole full-fledged lawn maintenance business, or maybe it's creating whatever widget in your spare time in the evenings. And starting to sell that on Etsy and uh, Instagram and whatever other marketplaces are out there. Creating a little bit of income, seeing problems in the world and coming up with a solution. Seeing a void in the marketplace and stepping in to fill that void. I believe every single person can do that. So that is the thing that I would teach. That's the thing that I do teach. That's the problem That I solve is helping people to become a little bit more independent every single day. And I do that through helping them to build a business for themselves, or at least a side hustle. So what's my last week or two or five or whatever been up to? I'm going to share with you a story from real life From this past week. Now, my wife went to Virginia last Thursday. She's been gone for almost a week. She's on her way home today. And I did something super awesome while she was gone. And here's what that thing is I stayed alive. (laughs) Now, if any of you know my wife, you know that she is a fantastic cook. Whether she likes cooking or not, she doesn't. She is fantastic at it. And she does probably 80%, maybe 90% of the cooking for our household. When she's gone, there's not much of that that gets done. For instance, I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before. I think it was Monday. What I had to eat that day were three brats, and I had them cold. I had grilled brats Sunday evening for supper, and there's five brats to a pack. And I ate two of them Sunday evening. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't eat any more, I can have one for breakfast, one for lunch, and one for supper. And that's exactly what I did. (laughs) I don't eat very well when my wife's not around. I'm going to pause this and close that door, that swing. All right, I'm back. Anyway, that was my big accomplishment for this past week was staying alive while my wife was gone. She does very well at taking, helping me to take care of myself, which really is her taking care of me. So she's amazing. If you know her, you know that. Updates around the homestead. All the berries are becoming ready. Uh, mulberry season just was. Our trees did not put out many berries this year. I don't know why. Um, But we did get some from dad's tree, and theirs put out a crap ton of mulberries. And if you've never had a mulberry, you're missing out because those are the best berries in the world. Uh, We've been getting lots of... Strawberry season was like three weeks ago. We had lots of strawberries on our little patch. Those were fantastic. We didn't get enough to put up or anything, though, just for fresh eating. Um, The black raspberries are ready now, I've been needing to go spend about an hour picking raspberries while my wife is gone and I just haven't done that because I haven't wanted to, honestly. I've I've been eating a few fresh as I, every time I walk past the the raspberry patch, I grab a handful of them and, you know, chow down on them because they're so good. But uh yeah, I I have not spent the time out there to actually go pick all the ripe ones, but there's lots of them there. So, yes, the blueberries are coming on super excited about that. Actually, I had two of them this morning and, oh man, I love blueberries. I don't know. Almost any berry that I get is my favorite when it's fresh. I mean, I'm like, oh, I love fresh strawberries. They're my favorite berry. then, oh, I love raspberries. They're my favorite berry. And then, oh, I just love blueberries. They're my favorite. I actually think blueberries are my, maybe mulberries. I'm not sure. Berries are my favorite. The blackberries are coming on. They're not ripe yet. There's tons of little green ones. We've got the triple crown blackberries, which puts off some about the size of, oh, I don't know, the last digit of your thumb. They're huge. And they're about half size right now or half grown. Still green, but oh man, I'm super excited about when those come in. I cannot wait. other things around the homestead, we had a hen that hatched five more baby chicks over the weekend, so that's super exciting. Uh, yesterday, I spent some time cutting a path through the woods so I can install a new pig fence, temporary fence, and move them to a new area because they have completely worked out the area they're in and they've been needing to be moved for a week or more, and I just have not got it done. So we're going to put them in the woods, but I had to cut a path for them. So I spent a couple of hours out there weed eating a trail through the woods so that I could put the fence in. Now I actually have to go put the fence in. We've also, uh, when we feed our pigs, we soak the corn so that it, uh, ferments and expands and and all of that. And the barrel that we soak the corn in sits outside so that all the flies and the fruit flies and the little whatever that gets into the water and loves fermented water, we didn't want that in in our shed. So we keep that barrel outside. And there's been something that's coming along at night and ripping the top off of it and trying to eat the corn. And I think it might be a raccoon, but I don't know. I'm not sure what else would do that. So last night, I finally set a trap out there to try to catch this guy, and I didn't catch him. So tonight, I need to reset the trap and actually put some corn in it to draw him in. And hopefully, we can get whatever it is that is stealing pig feed from us, because pig feed ain't real cheap, and I don't like buying... I don't like feeding the wildlife. They can go eat wild things. They don't need to eat my feed that's for my pigs. What have we got coming up here on the Constructive Liberty Podcast? Well, you heard me say at the beginning that this is episode 91. So that means episode 100 100, is coming up very, very soon. It should land around the end of July, but that really depends on how many interview shows that I have in there. And speaking of interview shows, this afternoon from when I'm recording this at one o'clock, I am chatting with Amy Dingman from the Farmish Kind of Life podcast. By the time you hear this show, we'll probably have already had that chat. We are doing a live stream, so that'll be fun. You can join us there, but that's happening today at one o'clock, which is only four hours from now. You probably won't hear this before that happens, but for the hundredth episode, I'd love to share some feedback from how Constructive Liberty has helped you out or shifted your perspective or changed your life if it has. Um, to do, to leave me some feedback, you can join the Telegram group or the Telegram channel at t.me forward slash constructive liberty. Follow the channel and you can join the chat from there. And then you can leave me a written or, or a voice message and I'll share that on the 100th episode. If you prefer a little more private than that, if, like, if that's too public for you sharing that in the chat, then you can just send me an email to ken at constructive liberty Dot com. So I want to share with you today, for the main topic, uh, some things that have stood out to me from this book that I'm reading, Psycho Cybernetics, and it's talking about self-image, how we view ourselves. In this book, in I mean, this is I've only gotten into the first chapter, so I'm going to share. This is how much <laughs> I love this book. Our self-image is our cons- is our own conception of the sort of person that I am. It has been built up from our beliefs about ourselves, from our past experiences, from our successes, our failures, our humiliations, our triumphs, and the way other people react to us, especially in early childhood. From all of those things, we mentally construct a self or a picture of self. And once an idea or a belief about ourselves goes into that picture that we construct, it becomes truth. As far as we're concerned, the self-image becomes a golden key to living a better life because of two important discoveries, all your actions, feelings, and behaviors, and even your abilities are always consistent with your self-image. You literally cannot act otherwise. You literally can't act outside of your self-image. If you believe, there's a quote, I forget who said it, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're probably right. And that has to do with your self-image. Someone who, can, who thinks that they are someone who fails at things, the man who conceives himself to be a failure type person will find some way to fail in spite of all his good intentions, even if opportunity is dumped into his lap. The person who conceives himself to be a victim of injustice or someone who is meant to suffer will find circumstances to verify his opinion. You've seen people like that who they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. We've also seen the people who snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. It's because of their self-image. It's because they believe in themselves. They believe they have a self-image as someone who, not someone who fails or as someone who fails. It's all goes back to the self-image. The other discovery about self-image is that your self-image can be changed. Nearly all efforts, though, at changing the self-image have been directed to the circumference of ourselves, rather than at the center, rather than at who we are, rather than changing our perception of ourself. And because uh, I know some of you are going to be like, oh, that, that's a little woo-woo. That's kind of out there, Kenneth. I, I don't know about that. But God didn't create us to be someone who thinks that we're a failure. He didn't create us to hate ourselves. And I'm case number one for somebody who has hated myself, who still does. I don't always believe I have what it takes. In fact, I struggle to believe that I have what it takes to to accomplish the things I want to accomplish. And that's why I'm working on changing how I perceive myself. That's why I'm working on... Believing I am who God created me to be. I can utilize my gifts, my talents, my abilities to do the things that I want to do to bring honor and glory to God. But if I believe the the doubts, the worries, the fears that, that Satan tries to put in there, then I will fail. I won't be able to accomplish the good things for God's kingdom. I have to believe in myself through Christ that I can do it. I can do all things through Christ with strength, and, but I have to have that belief that it's literally impossible. Okay. He's talking about, uh, about positive thinking in this section. He said, Jesus warned us about the folly of putting a new patch of material on an old garment or putting new wine into old bottles. Positive thinking cannot be used effectively as a patch or a crutch to our old self image to, if, if you, Deep inside, believe that you will fail at something. You can't just think positively about it and and it will happen good. It's literally impossible to think positively about a particular situation as long as you hold a negative concept of yourself. I'm going to read that again. It is literally impossible to think positively, truly positively, about a particular situation as long as you hold a negative concept of yourself. Once this concept of self is changed... Other things consistent with the new concept of self are easily and without strain accomplished. Or they are accomplished easily and without strain. I'll read that again. Once the concept of self is changed, once you believe something different about yourself, other things consistent with that new belief are accomplished easily and without strain. It's so interesting. The guy that wrote this book came from the background of being a plastic surgeon, and he began to see how when he would perform a surgery on somebody to change their outward, this person often completely changed their personality, their actions, whether they succeeded or not at what they did, completely changed. And it was because as he dove into it, he discovered it was their concept of who they were changed. They didn't change physically, like genetically or mentally or anything like that, until their perception of who they were changed. And then they didn't change genetically, just their beliefs about who they were changed. The self-image is the real secret. Discovery of the self-image explains all apparent discrepancies of the people who changed who they were after their plastic surgery. And that's the determining Factor in all of their case histories. The case histories being the the people who change after the plastic surgery. The secret is to really live. That is to find life reasonably satisfying. You must have an adequate and realistic self-image that you can live with. You have to find yourself acceptable to you, not acceptable to your dad, not acceptable to your boss, your coworker, not acceptable to your neighbor not acceptable to the politician, you have to find yourself acceptable to you. You must have a wholesome self-esteem. You must have a self that you can trust and believe in. You must have a self that you are not ashamed to be. We're human beings. And if we have a negative image of who we are, of who we be, that says, and that says everything about us and has implications to every single action that we have in life. You must have a self that you are not ashamed to be. When your self-image is adequate, one that you can be wholesomely proud of, you feel more confident. You feel free to be yourself and to express yourself. You function at your optimum. You're, You're fully present. You're fully there because you believe you have something to contribute. So many of us struggle with believing that we have something to contribute. I know, I know I have a lot to contribute but I don't believe it. Deep inside, I don't believe it. I don't believe that what I have will be accepted by others. And so I don't accept it myself. The stories that I tell myself about my interactions with other people, these are these are fake interactions. These are possible interactions. The stories and the, the conversations that I play out in my mind almost always are negative. Almost always. And that, that's something that I've never shared with anybody before. So you're you're getting some insight into Kenneth. <laughs> you're getting some insight into who I am. My stories, my mental stories, the things that I tell myself that other people believe about me are almost always negative. And that's not good. That is not who God created me to be. I can't fully step into everything that God has created me to be, that God has in store for me, until I accept that he made me a complete whole valuable person. I have to believe that who I am in Christ is enough. And I have to accept that. And and that is that's so hard for so many of us, me first of all. What each, what each of us really wants deep down is more life. Happiness, success, peace of mind, or whatever your concept of supreme good is is experienced in its essence as more life. When we experience expansive emotions of happiness, self-confidence, and success, we enjoy more life the degree, to the degree that we inhibit our abilities and we frustrate our God-given talents and allow ourselves to suffer anxiety, fear, self-condemnation, and self-hate. We literally choke off the life force available to us and turn our backs on the gift which our creator has made. I'm going to read that again. That hit me like a ton of bricks. To the degree that we inhibit our abilities, frustrate our God-given talents, and allow ourselves to suffer anxiety, fear, self-condemnation, and self-hate, we literally choke off the life force available to us and turn our backs on the gifts which our Creator has given us. To the degree that we deny the gift of life, we embrace death. Think about that for a second. Do you want to be somebody who embraces death, who literally chokes off the life that you've been given, who stuffs it down, who takes a round peg and tries to squeeze it into a square hole or a square peg into a round hole or whatever the heck kind of shape you want to be and squeezes it into something that it's not meant or designed to be. To the degree you embrace, to the degree you deny the gift of life or deny who and how you are, you embrace death. That hit me hard our self image to recap a little bit our self image our perception of self comes from our belief about ourselves and that's often formed well it is formed in childhood typically that complete belief is formed before the age of 7 no pressure parents no pressure at all you know you have your you have the opportunity to either make or break your kids before they're even 7 years old no pressure at all <laughs> once an idea or a belief goes into our picture our picture of self, it becomes true to us. Your actions, feelings, behaviors, and abilities are always consistent with your self-image. You cannot act otherwise. Self-image can be changed. And when that happens, things consistent with the new self-image are easily accomplished. To the degree we deny the gift of life, we embrace death. So I wrote down some things that I believe about myself. I believe that I'm not well spoken. I believe that my idea, my ideas aren't worth listening to and that I don't have what it takes to create a thriving coaching business. To this to to date to today's date, I've had trouble expressing my thoughts and ideas and when I do they're rarely listened to. That those are beliefs that I have about myself and that affects me. That affects how I present myself to others. That affects my interactions with other people. It affects if I get up to speak publicly and the words just aren't there. It it affects if I try to express a thought because the words just don't come. I believe that the words are hard to come by. And so they are hard to come. They don't come out. And that is because of my belief about self. I had something else I was going to share about improving self-confidence But I think since we're at 27 minutes already, I won't. I'm just going to go ahead and wrap things up. But before I do, I want to invite you. I want you to remember, if you are a small business owner or somebody who enjoys, who wants to become a small business owner, I want to invite you to the most transformative Christian small business conference in the U.S., Okay, my cousin, David Kaufman, hosts a conference every year. It's called EdgeCon, and it will be in Nashville in 2023. I have a free ticket to EdgeCon that I'm giving away at the end of June. I'm going to drop a link in the show notes where you can go enter to have your name, you know, enter to win this ticket. You know, I'm giving it away whether you enter or not. You might as well be one of the people who has a shot at winning it. So I'm going to enter. I'm going to... Drop a link in the show notes where you can enter that drawing. I also want to invite you to follow Tech for Entrepreneurs on TikTok. It's a new TikTok channel that I just started. I love all things technology and I love entrepreneurship. I love creating things. And so tech and creation, which is what entrepreneurs do is create, marry those two things. And I was like, voila, there it is. My Tech for Entrepreneurs channel is born. So go follow that on TikTok. I've only got two videos up so far. So that's great. Um, If you love this episode, I would would be super grateful if you would screenshot the episode wherever you listen to it, share it on your Instagram stories, and tag me, Kenneth Esch, in that post. You can also tag Constructive Liberty. I'll give you a shout out. I'll repost you. I really appreciate everything you do to help us grow the show. My question that I want to leave you with this week... Well, first I want to, I want to mention starting in June, I am starting a 15 day or I'm hosting a 15 day, start your side hustle challenge. Um, it could be a start your business challenge, whatever, starting your own hustle business thing, starting that challenge, the 1st of June, I'll have more details in next week's show question of the day for you today. And it has to do with the main topic. How would you describe your self image? Dive deep into some of the things that I said in this episode. Go back and listen to it if you need to, and and jot down a few notes. In a small paragraph, 100 words or less, write a few details about your self-image, how you truly view yourself, and ask yourself if that's consistent with God's Word, if that's consistent with who God created you to be. And then work through in your mind how you can bring those to how you view yourself and who god created you to be that is the ultimate that is the place we want to get to with ourself in we want to view ourselves as who god created us to be so in a small paragraph hundred words or less write down your self-image a few details about it if you want to you can share that with me but i want you to go through is truly eye open with that do good work